I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my love. Hello, dear. I said my love. Oh, no. That's the okay. banter is ruined. Oh, no, that's fine. Oh, okay. Well, oh. So I, I give guess you no, permission. nothing matters. <laughs> nothing matters anymore. It's all up in the air. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, I got allergies. Well, yeah, you and everybody else. All right. I <laughs> well, guess I was hoping for a smidgen of sympathy, but... Uh, well, let me tell you, um, I have very little sympathy at this moment in time because both of the children are suffering with allergies. Yeah. And frankly, I think that the oldest one may have overblown her symptoms to us. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I don't want to blow up the spot, but we had to have our first, like, I need to stay home from school. Do you really need to stay home from school? I can I tell you folks something I did not realize in parenting. There's so many things that day to day adventures, surprises, learning experiences. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how quickly the oh I don't want to go to school anymore would set in. <laughs> where like pre preschool, she was so excited to go to school. She begged me to go to school begged. every day. She begged, and then like day four of preschool, she was like, I don't want to wake up for school anymore. Uh... I don't want to do, it. and like. Now she's in kindergarten and she has homework, but it's just like, you know, like trace these letters and, you know, uh, simple, like counting these things. But still she's like, I, I hate doing homework. And I'm like, have I got bad news for, for you, you, bud. Uh, you haven't even started first grade yet. You have a ways to go. Yeah. Uh, I thought we'd have more time. <laughs> <laughs> so she got us. She got to stay home today. Well, and she is, I mean, she does have allergies. Yes, absolutely she does. And we gave her medication and she and feels a lot fine. better now. She's great. <laughs> All right. Well, she you know. She uh, also, once again, just, uh, she recently learned the concept of the game of Truth or Dare. And so she was playing it. Uh, and she asked our friend Robin, Truth or Dare? And Robin said Truth. And Baby's truth question was, what's the worst thing that's ever happened in your life? <laughs> and we had to be like, okay, well, this is more of a party game. And that's not really a party question. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So there, from, we got a ways to go. From the mouths of babes. Yeah, we got a ways to go in learning. Uh, she knows the rules of truth and dare, but not quite the nuance. You know, speaking of which, today's read and react episode uh-huh. is about learning cultural differences and oh, etiquettes. Okay. And I believe that, you know, school-age children, they also learn about our culture, don't they? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to read to you some excerpts today from an online article Okay. from Penn State entitled, oh. Guide to American Culture and Etiquette. Well, we're going to lock it all down now. Well, it's not this really gonna about... going to solve everything. It's not really about us. Oh. So this guide... Uh, As it says, this guide has been prepared for international students to read and refer to during your time here. It gives you information about American customs and describes some points that may be different from your culture. 
So I think that... Is it accurate? Yes. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell if this was going to be a, like, what? They said that? I've never done no. that in my life. No, this is accurate. It, and it is very interesting, as an American who has grown up in, in our culture, it's very interesting to me the things that are referenced in this article. Um, that I mean, and, and we'll get to it, right? Things that I may not have thought were so different across the globe, mm-hmm. but indeed... They are. Okay. And also in this guide are some firsthand accounts from uh, some of their students included in this article. Okay. Um, It starts out with alcohol, smoking, and drugs, and basically outlines the legal legal ramifications. That is important, yes, because in many countries, it's 18. First of all, 18. Yep. Um, And I think... Less frowned on. Ah, it's a bit puritanical stuff, you know. Uh, alcohol specifically. I don't know about alcohol specifically. Drugs, like, but. Um, but one of the things that I had actually taken for granted is now in the United States, smoking isn't allowed in most public places, even if they are outside. Uh, there are typically designated smoking areas. Does that include vaping, ripping mad cotton? Mm, I don't. That's not. On this list, cheating those clowns, it probably but does. It probably does, yeah. right? And that's something that I like. I have definitely taken for granted. Yeah, and I feel like because you do your vape tricks everywhere, <laughs> every time. Oh yes, like you'll be in an elevator and you'll blow mad rings and you're shooting cotton. You're like Gandalf with that baby. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your vapor mm-hmm. stick. You're getting mad alms. You know what I mean? It's huge. No, I don't know it's, what you it mean. looks kind of steam powered because it's a vape. Um, and so you're a very steampunk vapor. You know what I mean? Darth Vapor, they call her. Oh, no. Okay. I'm, saying, I'm saying something now to get you to stop. Um, Teresa's never vaped in her life. There's no surprise that a lot of this article um, centers around classroom etiquette. Sure. And here are a couple of the finer points. Class discussion and participation are highly encouraged and may contribute to the overall grade. Understanding not just memorizing class material is important. Students remain seated when the professor arrives or when the student's name is called. Oh. Yeah, There's right? already a couple things in there of like, I guess, one, take it for granted that discussion is just what you do in college. And also like, I guess, I guess there are uh, cultures where it's a sign of respect when the teacher walks in you stand up. Yes. I would feel real weird if I did that. Uh, for but then I also man is I remember seeing those sorts of behaviors like in you know old timey movies right uh, set in like like Dead Poet Society Dead Poet Society or and I'm then thinking, they stand on desks and we got to say like hey sometimes people stand on desks here in America to protest I'm thinking Anne of Green Gables oh okay right and there's a lot of classroom scenes in like the 80s Canadian movie right. And every time the teacher comes in, everybody stands up. Every time their name is called, the person stands up. Exhausted. I feel like that even happens in a lot of the like, don't they happen in like the Peanuts cartoons? Don't the kids stand up when they're called? Get up beside their desks or something? Yeah, yeah don't they? But we don't do that. Don't do that anymore. No. I don't re- remember really at any point in my academic career doing any of that. I barely stood up. Sometimes... I would just, you know, stay in the classroom. Even the classroom is done. I'm just like, no, nah, I don't want to. Um, so here is the account of someone um, from China. Almost every professor allows us to eat during class. 
If eating can help students concentrate better in class, why not? It differs in my hometown, since eating in class is totally banned. One day, I did not have enough time to have lunch, so I brought some cookies to class. I didn't know students could take a bite of food here, so I grabbed the cookie quickly into my mouth when the professor turned back to write on the board. My friend sitting next to me wrote, What are you doing? on her notebook, and I wrote, Eating back. She laughed out loud after class and told me that I did not have to act like this because most professors allow us to do so. Okay. Very interesting, right? I feel like definitely in college, this is something that we were allowed to do. But I remember in high school that there were certain classes like study hall. You were allowed to have a snack, right? I never had study hall. That wasn't oh. a thing in my school. I see. Um, or like, uh, oh, if you were a teacher's aide for a... No, you guys didn't, didn't have teacher's aides? No, no, no. <laughs> this is interesting, though, because... Or like first period homeroom. Did you guys have that? In high school? Yeah, ever. Did you guys do homeroom every... We did it probably... Uh, I think we did it once a quarter or something. We would have Maybe. a homeroom stop in before first period, and you could. it was a little earlier, and you could have breakfast. It was at the first bell or something. So this is the problem with how my memory works, is I'm trying to remember a general, did I ever eat in school? And my brain's like, I don't know, man. Get more specific. <laughs> right? It's like, I definitely ate in the lunchroom. I yeah. ate breakfast sometimes. I was like, mm-hmm. did you eat in class? I don't know, man, what class? What teacher was it? What were you eating? Gotta get specific, man. I don't even remember generalities. Did I ever eat in any class ever? I don't know. I mean, I remember certain I remember teachers. a teacher showing me how he could put a cigarette on his tongue. And in class, he said if we did really good on a test, he would oh. show us how he could put a cigarette on his tongue and how he could flip a lit cigarette back into his mouth, hold it for a second, and then flip it back out, fully lit and keep smoking. That dude ruled... Uh, his name was Ferg, Mr. Ferguson. He rules. He was great. Sound, sounds great. He uh, smoked so much, and he coached the girls' track team, and he smoked too much, so he couldn't run. So when they would like run laps around the park, he would just drive in his car <laughs> around the park because he didn't have the lung capacity to run with them. <laughs> He was great. I don't I don't know what to say about that. Yes, nobody does. Okay. Um, so let's move on to some dating etiquette that's outlined in this article. Uh, I think it's very great, but also a little telling that the, one of the first points is when a person says no, he slash she means no. Yes. That's a, just, hey, that's just a good rule across the board. But it shows that in different cultures, this is not a widely accepted uh, consent is not a widely accepted like social norm. And so this is something that as like a global community, we are still learning. To right? be fair. It's not like here in the US of A, we're like top notch 100% out of it. Indeed, indeed. Um, here are some. Uh, this is written by a, a student from Nigeria. It is not always the man who asks. In some cultures, women are seen as promiscuous if they ask a man on the date. However, in the United States, the asker is not limited by gender. Women can freely initiate the dating process without being seen as committing a taboo. Did you ever ask people out? Uh, nah. Yeah, to be fair, I don't remember asking too many people out either. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was just because I was very shy and there was a lot of like, hey, you know what? I think some friends, we're going to go see a movie. I f- um. Yeah, I remember that. But, like, I feel like the whole asking out on a date thing is a little more prevalent in movies and TV, right? Where 
usually I feel like it, unless you have set up some sort of like, like dating site, right? That's something where you have to like ask and make plans and stuff like that. But I feel like, especially in my experience, it has been more kind of like organic through outings with friends. Sure. But I mean, also you and I uh, got together when you were like 23 and I was 25 and we haven't really dated anyone since then. So that, I think there's a period of time. There was a period of time for me from 22 to 25 where it wasn't like, like in college, you could be like, do you want to go to this party with me, right? Or mm-hmm. like you would hang out with them while you were there and then kind of start dating because you were hanging out in school so much. There was a period from like 22 to 25 where it was like, if I want to go out with people, I need to ask them. I need mm. to say, like, would you like to go to a movie with me? Do you want to go out to, to dinner with me? Right? There wasn't that seamless kind of transition from, like, yeah, we sit and have lunch in school together every day, and, like, we hang out between classes every day, and eventually we're just kind of dating. You know what I mean? Yeah. There had to be a much more specific, like, would you like to go on a date with me? Or more, I did, wouldn't say it like that. That's the thing that they do in movies, and we were just talking about this yesterday. Yeah. On TV shows where they're like, would you go on a date with me sometimes? They're like, yeah, and they're like, awesome. And then the two parties <laughs> walk away from each other. They don't make any plans. They don't exchange phone numbers. Somebody's like, hey, do you want to go to dinner? And they're like, yeah, break. And I- it's just like, whoa, <laughs> hey, how about a time? Then like, and the way my brain works, I look at that, I'm like, and they never spoke again. <laughs> but it's implied, right? That's I implied. Mean, I mean, guess, I guess it's not very interesting to watch a TV show where people pull out their phones and they're checking calendars and like, Friday? Well, I could do like seven. Ah, it's a little, um, <laughs> Thursday? I can't Thursday. I've got, like, I guess that's not interesting. No. But at least how you care to say like, will you go to dinner with me this Friday night? Right? Something okay. where I feel there's like, not just, would you like to go to dinner with me? And the answer is yes. All you've established there is like the idea of going to dinner with you, I would be open to it. Yeah. Cool. Just making sure. Again, it's implied. It's the same reason why in movies and TV people have bathrooms in their apartments, but you don't get to watch people do that. Well, it's the same reason I guess when phone calls end, it's just like, yeah, did you hear from this guy? I did. Click. And I hung up. And I'm like, hello? Hello? Oh, you hung up on me. Nobody ever says goodbye. Uh, Okay, so here's another one. A date is a planned activity. If you watch some American romantic comedies, you will notice that when a couple goes out on a date, they actually put effort into planning an activity that they could term as a date. Activities include but are not limited to going out for food, going to watch a movie, playing golf, or even going to a theme park. Do other people, do other cultures not do events for dates? I don't know. Okay. But this Nigerian said that this was worth noting. Maybe it's just clarifying that if somebody says, like, do you want to go on a date with me? That's what they mean, right? Not uh, just maybe. like a planned, because like, do you want to go on a date with me? What What could that possibly mean? If you don't know what the word date means, like, I don't think that it conveys anything directly, right? Whereas it's different if you said, do you want to do an activity with me? Sure. Right, that's clear. Do you want to do an outing with me? It's like, I don't need to know exactly what that means. Do you want to go on a date with me? Huh. I have no concept of what that means I... if I don't know what the definition of the word date is. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you could describe it, like you said, as do you want to do an activity with me? But you could, you know, put some like qualifiers on it and be like, do you want to come with just me? And see if we're romantically compatible. Oh, I see. Would you like to get to know me? 
in a very awkward one-on-one kind of way <laughs> with absolutely no buffers and no outside person to help can, like carry the conversation along if there's a lull. And we're going to put a lot of weight onto this like two-hour thing and see how we feel. Where are you going? Please come back. <laughs> I don't know. That might really help people set up expectations. Listen, all I'm saying is you and I have been together for like 13 years and I'm still getting a feeling for how we work together. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the chemistry like? Do we get along well? Uh, let's move on. Uh, driving laws and etiquette. Um, here are some of the points. Honking your horn means a lot in America. Sure does. You can make drivers angry if it seems unnecessary. Limit how often you honk your horn. Um, in the States, you must stop at least 10 feet away from a school bus when you see it stopped with its lights on or its sign extended. And you must stay at the stop until the lights are off, the sign is retracted, and the bus begins to move. Once again, another thing that I would argue some people in the U.S. of A. don't do. That's is there true. anything in there about when stoplights go out from power outages? No, and treat there's it like nothing, a stop sign? nothing like that. That's um, one of my biggest pet peeves. I don't know if it's everywhere, right, or if it's just here in Cincinnati, but when the power goes out and, like, the lights stop working or they're just, like, flashing red and people are just like, I guess I better gun it instead of just, like, (laughs) you know, you treat it like a stop sign and everybody takes turns as you would at a stop sign. It's not like, I better go faster and hope no one hits me. There's a process to it. And the numbers Well, in some cultures, I've seen that it is kind of like, Whoever wants to go just goes. Whoever wants it the most. Yeah, whoever yeah. wants it the most. Um, I was I was very interested to read about the honking of the horn, and I had to think about. Um, it really does seem to convey some kind of like anger, right? And even when we're like just trying to say the light turns green and you're trying to get the the attention of the person in front of you to go, it's a very short. Like you you almost kind of like just like just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit on the horn because you don't want to upset the other driver. Well, you don't we wanna... don't want to because we're good people with kind hearts. You don't want to seem like you're angry at them and this because is why we the talked loudness. About the, we talked about the car horns on my brother, my brother. Music, I know where the good job horn comes from. Great job. I know, right? I know. But that is the thing. But I, I, there's probably lots of places where it's like you could honk to just like, hey, what's up, right? Or just honk because you're frustrated, or honk because you're honking, and everybody be like, yeah, what, whatever. Whatever. If I hear that when I see like street scenes in, uh, you know, like movie set. In other countries where, like, everybody's just kind of honking all the time, I just picture everyone in their car just absolutely pulling their hair out, like, constantly. That's probably not it. Well, that's one of the big cliches that we see in movies about New York City, right? Yeah. Where because it's a it's a big place and, like, you always There's hear— always Godzillas. <laughs> you always hear the honking as part of the soundtrack, like, the ambiance in the street and stuff like that. And— my experience, I haven't, I haven't lived there, but my experience is, yeah, that can happen when there's a lot of traffic. But generally speaking, it's not a constant noise. Do you ever feel like in our love story that New York City is kind of like its own character, right? It's kind of like the third character in our love story. You ever feel like that? No, it's, I don't, Tom Hanks. You don't ever feel like that? No, oh, I don't. I feel like, I, you know what I do feel like? What? I feel like we should take a break for a word from some other Max Fun shows. Nice. The following pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. 
Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is great hair. The Brit with a permit to hit, Lindsay Cow. The queen is dead. Long live the queen. And the fast-talking, fist-clocking Hal Uplin. See, I can wrestle and be an announcer. Get ready for tights and fights. Listen every Saturday or face the pain. Find us on Maximum Fun. Now ring the bell. Hey, when you listen to podcasts, it really just comes down to whether or not you like the sound of everyone's voices. My voice is one of the sounds you'll hear on the podcast Dr. Game Show, and this is the voice of co-host and fearless leader Joe Firestone. This is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners, and we play them with callers over Zoom we've never spoken to in our lives. So that is basically the concept of the show. Pretty chill. So take it or leave it, bucko. And here's what some of the listeners have to say. It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile. I just started listening and I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish I discovered it sooner. You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org. Okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Did she buy you a car that's not the line is that tell me more tell me more like did does, she buy you a car no no he's they the girls say like does he have a car oh that makes a lot more sense okay right for some reason the words did she buy you a car popped in my head and that was all my brain could do in that moment let's do some eating culture and etiquette okay so here are some of the finer points in general americans eat quietly with their mouths closed Burping is seen as rude, not as a compliment to the cook. Mm-hmm. Burgers, sandwiches, and pizza are eaten with hands instead of utensils. I think that Miss Manners and Emily Post might argue about that. But, um, but like, I think what we're just talking about here, because like I'm sure listening to it, my first thought is like, yeah, ideally, all of those oh, things. Yeah. Right? Where it's just like, yeah, we don't burp. Uh, we, you know, we chew with our mouth closed. This is exactly what you're supposed to do. Those are the expectations. But of course, I mean, you do your best. You do your best. Yeah. A student from India writes, eating etiquette among friends is different here. In the U.S., friends usually eat their own meals and rarely share water bottles or cups. Whereas in India, you could pick up your friend's water bottle and drink from it or eat from their plate. Okay. Now, listen. Maybe listen. this is a little outdated, uh, right? We're, we're going to assume that. But even beyond that, even if this was like 10 years ago and I was just sitting there and anyone, even if like Justin or Griffin reached over, like you could do it, right? You could reach over and grab a bottle of water I was actively drinking from and take a swig without asking. But if e- anyone else did it, <laughs> I would be actively upset. Yeah, I think so. Um, the eating of the plate thing. I do it with my children. I would. I let my children, well, when they're not sick, yeah. I often let them drink from my cup or eat from my plate. Well, yeah. I mean, those are your kids. I would let my kids do that too for a price. But <laughs> The, the eating of the plate thing, the only hang-up I have about that is I need to have the first bite. Yeah, I mean, but that's your thing. It's my thing of, like, if I even if I get, like, a piece of cheesecake and Trace is like, can I have a bite? I'm like, yes, hold on. And I take a bite, and then you can have a bite. And this is really difficult when you have, like, a three-year-old who's mm-hmm. like, can I have a bite? And you're like, I'm not going to stare you in the <laughs> eyes while I take a bite first and go, now nah, you can. So it's like, yes, you can. <laughs> uh. I do the same thing with drinks, too. Where if I've just sat down, I have a glass of water, and like somebody's like, hey, can I have a drink of that? I'm like, 
but I haven't I haven't tried it yet. Uh, <laughs> I love when I'm eating a protein bar and Dottie wants a bite of my protein bar and she takes a giant bite out of this protein bar and she goes, mmm, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very Travis McRae thing to do. Okay, um, here's one, an observation from a student from China. People do not share dishes together, although they may have food at the same time around a table. Everyone has their own plates or packages of food when they hang out together. Um, That's interesting because that gets me, I'm thinking about it now, how many restaurants we've gone to where mm -hmm. they will specify this is a family-style restaurant, which means like we're going to bring you a big plate of something that's meant to be shared. Right, but everybody still has their own plates and cutlery and napkins and stuff. But what's interesting, even in, I, I'm not wild about the family-style thing because it, infers a certain amount of like uh uh everybody being on the same page about, yeah and one of my favorite things about going to restaurants is as opposed to like eating at home we go to a restaurant it's like everybody can choose the thing that they want and specifically have that thing and when it's like oh our dishes are meant to be shared so like if you get this it's for four people and i want to be like how about you just give me a quarter of the plate that just get a smaller bowl and just give me that and then i don't feel bad yeah. Well, well I that's mean, me. And I don't know if people are picking up on this from the thing I said earlier about taking the first bite. I've got some control issues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are picking up on that. Yep. Um, so when another thing about eating that I wanted to point out was the idea of seating around a table, uh -huh. um, which isn't explicitly mentioned in this, but it is talked about um, by one of the Chinese students. In China, people usually follow a strict seating rule during a family dinner. If all family members are seated at the rectangular table, the host or hostess and the senior members of the family usually sit at the far edges of the table. That makes sense, right? We've talked about the head and the foot of the table. Yeah. And uh, also, no one starts eating before the senior members do. Again, that's a kind of older etiquette thing that we've talked about here in the U.S. Yeah. But... He says, when I came to the United States several years ago, I found out the people here do not follow a specific set of eating rules. Most of the dining tables here are round, and dinner participants can sit wherever they want, regardless of their identities or shape of the tables. Uh, when the hosts announce the beginning of the dinner, people start to pass the food containers around the circle. This way, regardless of age, everybody sitting at the table can get their food whenever the container is passed to their hands. Yeah, that's interesting, because I think one of the things about the uh like especially this kind of deal right i think about this here in the us of a mm -hmm. um is how non-uniform it is where yeah. there are some places where they pass around dishes and you serve yourself there's some places some families might uh dish up plates and then set them out for people some families might have set like our family has set seating just because it's where we end up sitting right well, we wanted the, to position yeah. it yeah so it was like parent, kid, parent, kid right. around the table, right? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's what happened in my family growing up is like, yeah, man, there were five of us and this is just kind of where everybody ended up sitting to a point where like if you came to the table and somebody was like sitting in your chair, you'd be like, what are you, are you, no, move <laughs> over there, right? It wasn't like we had assigned seats. It was just we had seats. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my and my family, uh, we very early on moved from the kitchen table to the dining room uh, because it was further away from the TV. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have TV during meals. And so 
My my mom and my dad had specific places. My dad always sat at the head because he was closest to the microwave. He likes his food boiling lava hot. Yeah. And my mother would sit next to the door to the kitchen so that she could go in and out and get the things that she needed. And then us kids just kind of under the table. No, we just kind of wherever we ended up really. Yeah. Was fine. You didn't sit in regular. You just sat in different places. Um. You rotated. I mean. I think that everybody had their preferred seat, but I don't remember it feeling like someone was in my seat. Okay. Except huh. when you sat in dad's seat, and then you were definitely in dad's seat. Um, next on the list is eye contact. This is something that I've heard about. Um, I've never done eye contact. Mm, I've heard about eye you're contact. You're doing it with me right now. No, not, not anymore. <laughs> you creeped me out. Uh, the article says eye contact is mandatory. In public, and particularly on public transportation, is the exception. People avoid making eye contact with strangers. Now, once again, sure, if you're asking me a hundred, like out of a hundred times, mm -hmm. yeah, most people would say like, yeah, you make eye contact with people. Not everybody. This guy, not wild about it. Um, especially like when talking directly to someone. I tend to want to look over their shoulder when they're talking so I can listen better because I don't listen with my eyeballs. I listen okay. with my ears. And if I'm looking with my eyes, I'm thinking, now I have ADHD and I'm <laughs> thinking about listening instead of actually listening. So I got to kind of zone out the front of my face so that the sides of my head work better. Yeah, but you do look in their general direction. You, yeah. And so like, and you'll check in with my eyeballs while we're talking. Sure. You don't like stare at them or anything. But here is... um. I'm just saying that there are plenty of people out there with different kinds of neurodivergence that sure. makes it so that they do not make eye contact, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Here is the observation of a student from Thailand. Eye contact is very important here, especially in a formal setting. It shows that you are paying attention to the speaker or to your speaking partner. Um, at first, I felt uncomfortable when people opened their eyes widely and stared into my eyes while I was talking, but after a few conversations, it felt better. After another time when I was giving a presentation, many people stared at me, but this time it felt good as I now knew they were paying attention to me. Now, I will say this. This is something that uh, we've recently had to deal with doing live shows mm. where, um, like, there is not a lot of separation from us in there. You know, it's us sitting at a table. Yeah. Um, and the people who sit up front are in, like, the front, like, three rows, if you're not careful, you will make direct eye contact with somebody when you're sitting on the stage. And suddenly, yeah. that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> and so uh, you got to kind of, like, blur your vision a little bit. And you're this is a thing that they teach you in theater all the time. Yeah. Because, like, when you're performing a show and you're in character and a thing, you can't just, like, and you have to turn to the audience. You can't just, like, look at, you know... Judy in the front row, you got to like kind of soft focus over everybody. Yeah. Uh, so the audience is like, oh, he's looking at me. And it's like, I'm not looking at anybody. If I look at anybody, it's going to freak me out. Yeah. There's, anyway, there's that I whole don't like fourth making wall eye contact deal. With people. I don't know if that's clear. You make eye contact with me all the time. Okay. Yeah, I'm just you, a special one. You're my wife and I'm legally obligated to make eye contact with you. Um, I thought this was interesting. Getting in line. In the U.S., people get in line and wait their turn when buying tickets, shopping, using the restroom, waiting for a bus, etc. It is considered rude to cut in line or push your way through. If you're not sure whether there is one line or several lines, you should wait your turn and simply get behind everyone who arrived before you. Now we have the, you know, we've heard about 
the the very British queuing kind of instinct, right? But in other parts of the world, there really aren't lines. It's just whoever kind of like, you know, the, the survival of the fittest gets to the front, right? I, I actually fully support that. You do? Because I think I would be the fittest. <laughs> oh, sure. Listen, I can flow like water through people's mind. You've seen it. I'll leave you behind. But that You're doesn't make dust. it good. That doesn't make it a good hey, idea. I try not to judge other cultures, Teresa, especially when it means I would be successful. <laughs> I think in general, it's probably a nicer thing to, to wait you your turn. You say that so you're standing beside someone, uh, behind someone who's not queuing well, and like they're not moving when people are like, there'll be a big gap ahead of them. You can't tell me you've been in line at an amusement park, and you see people like... They're not paying attention, and suddenly it's like, we could be moving right now, and you're not moving. That You don't have a part of your brain that's like, I'm just going to step past them. I'm just going to go. You can't tell me you don't have that impulse. I have felt the frustration of seeing a large gap and the person not noticing. The problem is the line, a queuing, is only good if everybody in the line is good at it. When people aren't, right, and it's just like, okay, well... You missed your chance. You were bad at this. So I'm going to move forward. I'm saying maybe a survival of the fittest slash queuing line, which is like everybody gets one shot. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think I think one more um, restaurant etiquette. I think is something that differs around the world for sure. So they recognized in this section that uh, tipping your server 15 to 20% is required. I would argue these days it might be 20 to 25%. Agreed. Um, although no tips are needed at fast food restaurants or for carryout, uh, doggy bags are a common way to package leftovers and take them home. A student from Brazil talked about how uh, in Brazil, we can go to a restaurant and not order anything or take a long time to order. And in the end, we always stay after eating to talk, and it may sometimes last for hours. You pay the check whenever you want. In the U.S., you're expected to enter the restaurant, order, eat, pay, and leave. And sometimes you don't even need to ask for the check. When you eat the last bite of food, the server may bring the check to you. In the beginning, it was weird and stressful to me, but I got used to it. If you do not want to eat but just want to have drinks, you should ask the host or hostess of the restaurant if you can get a table or you may go to the bar inside the restaurant. You know, I bet a lot of that, because I've thought about this before, mm-hmm. is about the tipping aspect of you it. You think so? Well, because if you're a server, right, and you're operating on tips, instead of getting paid hourly, the more tables you can turn over, the more money you make in the evening. Yeah. As opposed to if you're being paid hourly, whether you wait on one table an hour or 10 tables an hour, you're getting paid the same amount. Mm-hmm. So when you are a server, as I'd, I've done this before, because I've been a server before, you you are striving to be like, I want to seem attentive. I don't want to rush them. But if a table's sitting there forever and not paying, that's a table that I can't see, you know, that I'm missing out on. And it's people I'm paying attention to who I'm not earning any money from because they're already Which is why we should pay people a living wage. Or better. Or better. Yeah, a thriving wage. Thriving wage. Um, Social courtesies also stood out to me. Here's one. Americans like their personal space and stand about two feet apart when touching. Physical touching when in a conversation actually makes Americans uncomfortable. Yes. Um, Let's see. What else? Uh, Another one. If an American offers you something, they will understand your yes to really mean yes and your no to literally mean no. This is something I think that 
there may be there's like a kind of social script for some other cultures where someone offers you something and you decline it at first and then they offer it again and then you say, oh, no, no, no. And then the third time you are socially accepted to uh, like to have it. Yeah, I would say that that's not universal across American cultures, though, because I would say a very Midwestern thing is like, hey, do you need help? Like, no, I've got it. Like, oh, let me help you. Okay, right. There is it. I'm not saying that that's that's not the way that we do it sometimes in America, but like I am saying that don't if, be surprised if that don't happens. be surprised if when you're offered something and you decline, they go okay, right, right. That definitely does happen. Whereas in other cultures, it might not happen. Uh, the last one I want to go over is time management. I think mm. that this fits in really well with like the restaurant thing, right? Where it says uh, time is an American value. There is an expression that says time is money. So Americans, quote, save time and, quote, spend time like money in a bank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And this definitely makes sense as something that someone from another culture might not like get right away because there are, you know, we expect people to be punctual and let us know if they're going to be late. Um, you know, whereas in another culture, it might be expected that if I say five o'clock, I really mean eight o'clock, you know, that kind of stuff. What? Right? Yeah, definitely. Five o'clock to eight o'clock? That's three hours. See, you're you're really upset about it, but... There's, there are definitely Babe, places I'm upset where if it's, it's if it's like two minutes, <laughs> where I'm like, that's two minutes I could have not been here. Right. It's considered rude, right? Yes. But once again, I have control issues. Yeah. So well, it's especially rude to this guy when I'm like, it's 3.05 and they're not here. They said 3 o'clock and they're not here. The idea that someone's clock is different from mine never even enters my head. <laughs> I think that around the world there are definitely like values around efficiency, mm-hmm. right? Getting your job done well in a, in, in a good time frame, things like that. But socially, a lot of cultures have different ways of where they, you know, where they sit as far as like punctuality and about like, you know, we we read about the Brazilian restaurant anecdote, right? Mm-hmm. Where that is like it might take several hours to go through dinner and if you were expected to sit at a restaurant table for several hours, I I don't know what might happen to you. Am I allowed to play on my phone? Cuz <laughs> then maybe. Mm, maybe. I when I'm done eating, which is usually before everyone else, I start to be so antsy <laughs> until everyone else is done. Because it's like, hey, this activity's done now. We've com- I've completed this. It's time for me. I don't like in between time. Well, what about like the idea of like hanging out at someone's house for dinner or something? Does that feel like you have like times where we are doing this and times where we are doing this instead of like we're going to, you know, there's there's food out on the table if you want to like nosh and there's like drinks and That's couches different. and things then like that. Then we're doing the activity. Oh, right? that is the activity. But if somebody says like come over for dinner and then we'll play a board game and I'm finished with dinner and the board game hasn't begun yet, I'm in this amorphous, very uncomfortable period of like, so when are we going? Because I know they were supposed to, is that, is it going to be like five minutes or 10 minutes? So we start the, what's the next, when's the next thing? (laughs) When's the next thing happening? So then you do your deep breathing and play on your phone for a little bit. Yeah. 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 Or I close my eyes and I pretend I'm anywhere else (laughs) doing things. This happens like I anytime I travel with friends or do anything and they're like, yeah, we'll just go back to the hotel and hang out for, before the next thing. And I'm like, no, we need to find something else to do before the next thing or else what are we just going to sit at the hotel and wait? 
and wait for the next thing. And they're like, no, we'll like rest. And I'm like, rest? Rest by not doing stuff? Says, says the man who loves his afternoon nap. That's different. That's the activity. <laughs> if someone is scheduled in, we're going to do this thing, then we're going to take a nap, and then we're going to go see a movie, I'm like, sounds great. But if someone's like, here's just an empty 30 minutes where anything could happen or nothing could happen, and I'm like, but what do I do with that time? What are we supposed to be doing with that time? Otherwise, I'm just waiting. In a perfect world, I'm ready for an event 30 seconds before I'm supposed to be there, and then I can just teleport there immediately. That's the thing. If I start getting ready too early, and I'm like, I'm just going to leave early and get there while the caterers are still setting up or stuff. I don't know, but I hate in between times. And I feel like I've revealed so much on this episode. You know, I'm actually really glad that you're so self-aware about this. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing about me, I know what's messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's going to do it for us. I've, I've revealed too much. I, uh, I've given it all away. Um, I want to tell you, Teresa, and people at home, about the new merch for May. Ooh. We've got some really exciting. We have Nalgene water bottles. Hey, We have nice. an Adventure Zone one and a My Brother, My Brother and Me one with patterns designed by Justin Gray. Um, and we have a Never Know When to Stop Dreaming shirt designed by Suprina Volante. Uh, that's from uh, the Adventure Zone Steeplechase. Uh, we've got a bunch of other stuff on there, too. And 10% of all merch proceeds this month go to the Brady Center to Prevent Gun Violence, which works across Congress, courts, and communities to end gun violence. So check all that out at macromerch.com. Uh, also, we've got uh, another Sun and Sea Surf the Vibe Tour show, a couple of them, coming up in two weeks. Uh, on May 19th, we're doing My Brother, My Brother, and Me in Columbus. On May 20th, we're doing Adventure Zone in Columbus. And then on May 21st, we're doing My Brother, My Brother, and Me in Milwaukee. And then we have other shows coming up uh, after that. Check out all of that and get tickets at bit.ly slash McElroy Tours. Also want to say thank you to our researcher, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make this show. We want to say thank you to our editor, Rachel, without whom we would not be able to make this show. We want to say thank you to you for listening and supporting the show. We can't make it without you, I've decided this time. Indeed. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentel Floss Black, who wrote our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Also, um, if you would like to submit topics, ideas, or if you have, I don't know, if you have an article you want us to read and react to, any of that kind of stuff, Go ahead and send it to schmannerscast at gmail.com and say hello to Alex because she reads every one. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.